0: Bismillah rahman rahim please come closer, inshallah. Those who are speaking, humbly requested to go into the lobby and close the doors of the masjid. So, inshallah, we will start as soon as the brother speaking can leave. Then we will start, inshallah. Please go into the lobby. So we can get started, inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, wa kafa wa salaamu ala ibadi allatheena aslafa amma ba'd. We had begun Surah Al-Ankabut yesterday, uh, in which we, we talked about the beginning of the Surah do people think that they will be left just by saying we believe we will not be tested and then we talk about the rights of parents the hukuq and the hudud the limits of that in the story of Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas عنه, and his mother as far as is concerned and steadfastness in giving da'wah there is one fact that we will just quickly mention and move on. In Ayah number fourteen in Surah Al-Ankabut, this is the Ayah wherein Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentions the length of the nubu'at of Nuh Allah Taala mentions Surah, Surah Al-Ankabut in Ayah number fourteen. We had sent Nuh to his nation. فيهم He stayed with them, inviting them for one thousand years. إلا خمسين عم, But fifty, meaning nine hundred and fifty years nine hundred and fifty years he gave da'wah الف سنة إلا خمسين عاما فأخذهم الطوفان وهم then the Tufan overcame them and they were ظالم subhanallah this is the level of his steadfastness how long he gave them da'wah and uh, it was not that every single one of that time of his nation uh, they had uh, such long lives but Allah Ta'ala blessed him with such a long life, tested him rather with such a long life Um, Wherein the generations would come on kufr and die the next generation would come on kufr and die next generation would come on kufr and die and he kept on inviting each generation so that is why he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end when he finally made dua that he said they will not have children that these, these people are so wretched that I don't even have any expectation that in the future any of their generation will accept Islam there's a long dua of his uh, in Surah nuh that bears his name وَقَالَ نوح لا الأرض من الكافرين Nuh said, O oh my Lord, do not leave any of these kuffar on the earth إِنَّكَ إِنْ تَذَرْهُمْ if you leave them they will lead your slaves astray even they will not give birth to, but to uh, Fajir and Kafir sinners and disbelievers. So how he made that claim? Because he saw several generations, the same thing happening. That's why he was able to say that. دَخَلَ And he made du'a for his maghfira and his parents and those who come to him from the mu'minin and mu'minat. So this was the ayah uh, here that talks about the length. So this gives us a. Uh, Encouragement and a lesson as well, inspiration that no matter how grave our challenges are, they can never be as great as 950 years. For the simple fact that no matter how difficult our life may be, uh, maximum it will be 90 years, 100 years. But um, illa Allah, it will not extend beyond that, most likely. Uh, To 900 years or 950 or 1000 years, it's it's highly improbable. Cannot say it's impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But uh, extremely, extremely, extremely is unlikely. It's less likely than winning the lottery or getting struck by lightning. Winning the lottery is, is harder than it's less chances than getting struck by lightning, right? But people are being fooled by this, um, by the governments rather, who are getting the tax money actually. And then. Uh, Moving forward in the surah, it's, since it's called al-ankabut, the, the spider. There's an ayah of the spider that we should pass. Uh, we should not pass by. This is the ayah number 41. Allah subhanahu wa taala says, min dunillahi Those people, they're, the example of those who have taken besides Allah subhanahu wa taala, gods. But it doesn't necessarily only mean gods. awliya, supporters, people they trust in, people they believe in. Besides Allah subhanahu wa taala, kamathalil an ankabut. their example is like that of a spider. It baytan. The spider he um, he weaves the the web that is his home. Wa in al It is the weakest home. Like there are other animals that burrow in the ground and they have relatively stronger home. There are the nests uh, which are also stronger. The, If a person just blows on the web, it will immediately be demolished just by breathing, blowing on it. Um, You do not need any particular demolition equipment for that. (laughs) So this, if they but knew, if they but knew. So what is um, the point that Allah Taala is uh, bringing out here regarding the web of the spider? this is known as a tashbih. This is a, similar to it, an example. The example is that it is very glittering, is very outwardly, very beautiful, very attractive. Um, and it looks um, uh, very alluring. So It has the geometric patterns in it. Um, but at the same time, how weak it is. And it is not long-lasting. It does not have... Um, and stability in it. So likewise, the worldly things that we are attached to, they may seem attractive, they may seem beautiful, uh, they may be catching our fancy, we may be uh, dedicated and devoted to these things. But at the end of the day, these things are going to all be destroyed. Fan. Everything will come to a destruction, to an end. وَيَبْقَى وَجْهَ رَبِّكْ The only thing that will remain is the being of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al jalali wal Ikram. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says everything that you have amassed that you are so attached to will come to an end while well, Allah is preserved with him that is what will remain Allah ta'ala says that which remains the righteous deeds are better in the eyes of your Lord than everything of this world and if a person passes by an an, a, a mythal, an example in the Quran says, "Oh, what's the point of this? Doesn't really make sense." Huh? This is a grave warning. That means a person is devoid of all ilm because Allah Taala says in the next ayah, "Inna Allah ya'ala These are the examples that, and the parables that He is setting forth for the people. Wa only the people who are bestowed with, bestowed with or granted knowledge, ilm, they will be the ones who will truly understand these parables. So a person who says, what's the point of this, this is a sign the person is lacking ilm, because only the ulama will, or those who have ilm will be able to appreciate these examples. Then going on to the first ayah of the 21st years, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Utlu ma'uhia ilayka minal kitab. Utlu is a command that make tilawa, recite that which has been revealed unto you from the book. So this is a command to Rasulullah to make tilawa. Utlu ma'uhia ilayk. Make tilawa, recite that which has been revealed unto you from the book. Wa aqim salah, and establish your salah. Inna salata. Verily, Salah has within it their her- inherent ability, property, quality, the function of what? To prevent a person from indecent acts and major sins. So, the Quran was revealed upon Rasulullah, and Nabi, uh, it is through him that we receive the Quran. Jibreel السلام, as we all know نَزَلَ بِهِ الْرُوحُ الْأَمِينَ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِكَ the الامين, He brought the Qur'an into the heart of Rasulullah And he did not need to review it If there is anyone who did not need to review it It was Rasulullah Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself Had granted him that uh, promise, that pledge Why are you moving your lips O oh, my Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم, So rapidly Surah Al-Qiyamah Allah mentions So that you are putting too much stress upon yourself To memorize the revelation As Jibreel salam, is bringing the revelation Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would initially be Very quickly repeating the ayat to, to ensure he memorizes it, doesn't forget it Then Allah Ta'ala granted him Gave him that guarantee Inna alayna jama'ahu Verily it is upon me, I promise, I pledge that I will uh, preserve it in your heart so you don't have to take any stress Just quietly sit and listen And it will be inscribed in your heart So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa He did not need to review the Quran And he did not have to necessarily ponder to understand it Because that was also explained by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Thumma inna bayanahu Then I will inspire you with the explanation of the Quran So the explanation of the Quran Was also directly given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Bayanahu The hadith The knowledge of the hadith and this is what Allah Ta'ala says to Rasulullah In fact one of his purposes is لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزِّلَ You have been entrusted with a task to explain to the people that which has been revealed unto you. So the bayan of the Qur'an to explain the people to the people what has been revealed the tafsir that is from Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala, inspired by Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala. because Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala has preserved the words and has preserved the meanings. اسم القرآن يطلق على المباني والمعاني The word Qur'an, it refers to the words and the meanings both. It's not that the words were only preserved, the meanings were also preserved. And Rasulullah gave us a treasure of wealth of uh, explanations of the Qur'an. So that is why in the books of hadith of Rasulullah like Sahih al-Bukhari is a book of hadith as al ba'da It is the most authentic book after the book of Allah So it's a book of hadith But in the book of hadith uh, There is a chapter, Kitab al-Tafsir And from Surah Fatiha till Nas Till Surah Al-Nas Every single surah it, it goes through And it has a hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Explaining the ayat So he, he knew the words As Allah attested And he knew the meaning as Allah attested Yet he's been commanded, utlu, utlu, ma make tilawa. It's a verb, uh, imperative verb, command, fair al amr. Make tilawa of that which has been revealed unto you. So, what about us? Right? How much tilawa we should be making? Those we have granted the book, they fulfill the right of his tilawa. So, there is a right of the Quran. It's the haqq of the Quran that we make tilawa of it. And how so? Tartilah to recite the Quran with tartil, And Tarteel has been defined as Tajweed al-Hurufi wa-ma'rifatul-Wuqufi To learn the Tajweed of the letters and to learn how to stop, where to stop. And the stopping, Waqf, that is a separate science of tartil. And the Tajweed al-Huruf is described as Makharij al and Sifat al-Huruf. The Makharij and the Sifat. And the Sifat are the Lazimah and arda. That's the whole Tajweed lesson. So this is uh, important for us to learn the Tajweed. That's the first rite of the Qur'an, to be able to pronou- uh, pronounce it correctly, recite it correctly. May Allah give us tawfiq. Nabi sallallahu alayhi one time came late out and the people were waiting for him. And then he said, sorry, I was, kept you waiting, but I was completing my hizb an assigned portion of reciting of the Qur'an for the day that shows us that the Nabi ﷺ had appointed for himself a, a, a portion of Qur'an that he would recite every day himself in the month of Ramadan which is the month of Qur'an he would listen to the entire Qur'an from Jibril Alayhi Salaam he would recite the entire Qur'an to Jibril Alayhi he would listen to the entire Qur'an in the last year from Zayd ibn Thabit then he recited the entire Qur'an to Zayd ibn Thabit he reviewed it so many times, this is the last review in which the mansuh and abrogated ayat were not recited and that which was recited in that last recitation because after that in the Shawwal, in Zil Zil Hajja, Muharram Safar Bil Awal, right few few months after he passed away and that, uh, that was a review he did with Zayd ibn Thabit and Zayd ibn Thabit anhu, was therefore selected by Abu Bakr and also by Uthman anhumah, to be the chairman of the compilation of the Quran committee because he had the opportunity, the honor, to be the one that, with whom Rasulullah revised the entire Qur'an. So this is an ayah there as a wake-up call reminder for us. Then the next ayah, ayah 46, Allah speaks about how we should address the Christians and Jews. And he says, "Wala Do not debate with or argue with or fight with the Ahlul Kitab, the people of the book. This Ahlul Kitab is a title of respect. Uh, because this is one of the etiquettes of da'wah. If you're inviting people, you want to bring them closer to you and to your message because you have the desire for their guidance, sincere desire. The desire is not to prove them wrong, the desire is how can they be guided to the straight path. This is the desire of Rasulullah. <inaudible> it is difficult for him to bear to. The thought of seeing you in any pain, and he always wants khair for you. And this is the thought of the believers that they have the fiqh for the guidance of mankind. So when you are talking to them and you're giving them da'wah, how do you address them? You could say, Ya Qatalat Anbiya, oh, the killers of the prophets. Or, yeah, right. that would be an accurate statement. Uh, but instead of saying that, we'll say, Ya Ahl al Kitab, oh the people of the book. So this is an honorific title. And say, Ta'alo, come ila kalimatin sawaim baynana wa baynahum. Let us come to a common word, an agreement between us and you. And that is, Allah na'abuda illallah. We do not worship anyone besides Allah. Even though that's not 100% true. With the Yehud it was, but with the Nasara, they had added in you know, Ibn Allah and Ruh al-Qudas and the Trinity. But uh, we're kind of glossing over that and ignoring that. عَرَّفَ وَأَعْرَضَ Like in Surah Tahrim Rasulullah when he was correcting his wives He didn't list all their mistakes You have this problem, that problem, that problem was Aisha and Hafsa In the incident of Tahrim But rather عَرَّفَ بَعْضَهُ He pointed out a few things وَأَعْرَضَ And he ignored some things So over here as well we, we, we take the okay fine you believe in God And the fact you have the, the Son And the Holy Spirit and all that We'll just ignore that for a moment we only worship one Allah. We do not assign any partners unto Allah. If they still turn their backs, you tell them test it, that you bear witness that we are Muslims. Over here as well. That was from Surah Al-Imran the free, In the third Jews. This is over here in Surah al ankabut uh, 21st verse, do not argue with the people of the book in Ayah 46 except in the best manner unless they are bent upon dhun. now if somebody is continuing to do dhulm misguide people uh, is uh, uh, converting Muslims and changing them and then if you have to stop the fitnah, then it is permissible to have a, a debate where at this point you want to prove to everyone uh, that their ideology is false because they are misguiding others. So you, if you're starting off baseline default is speak kindly, nicely, try to bring them towards Islam. You don't have to prove them wrong. But if uh, their fitna is not limited to themselves, they are causing fitna, then at that point you, you can expose them and say that this is your batil ideology and how incomprehensible it is and how contradictory it is, etc. So this is an exception from the rule, except for those who are persisting in their ظلم. And say, we believe in that which has been revealed unto us and that which has been revealed unto you. And our God and your God is the same. The actual Christianity, actual Judaism has become so deluded, it's hard to imagine this. Because everyone pretty much is becoming agnostic or atheist, and they have changed the religion so much. But the original religion, God, if you think about it, is the concept. Uh, is this, is very very similar? Because they believe in a God who created the heavens and earth in six days. Then, oh yeah, of course they say he rested on the seventh, right? On the Sabbath. We don't believe in that. He did, neither sleep nor slumber overtakes him. So. Then they believe in this dunya We are here for a purpose They believe in the prophets Then they have a wrong aqaid with everything About Allah they have a wrong aqidah That we talked about Like he goes to sleep He needs rest Then when it comes to Anbiya They have wrong aqidah But there is some truth there Then they believe in the day of judgment They believe in Jannah and Jahannam So the whole world view In major portions of it is similar Compared to for example like Hinduism Like the whole concept of reincarnation A person may have been a cockroach in his previous life and now, you know, then he became a donkey next time, then he became. Right, he keeps on coming back over and over and over again. Yeah. There's no hereafter now, Allah. Endless cycle. And then the case system, and there, Aqidah is all the gods, right? Every millions of gods. They, had more, they have more gods than the Mushikina of Makkah. Or if you have, you know, pagan religions and all kinds of false religions. So, these are the Abrahamic faiths, based on the Deen of Khalidullah Ibrahim alayhi with deviations for sure. I'm not saying that they're entering Jannah if they have that aqidah. We're not saying that because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in Surah Al-Bayyinah, "Lam yakuunil ladina kafaroo min kitab." He says, ladina kafaroo." Those were the kafirs, the kuffar. Then there's a min bayaniya explaining which kuffar, "Inna ladina kafaroo min ahlil kitab wa the Ahlul Kitab and the Mushrikeen. Bracketed together with a conjunction and. Wow. min Kitabi wal Mushrikeen. The Ahlul Kitab and the Mushrikeen are going together. Where are they going together? Fi nari fiha sharrul They are heading towards the fire of Jahannam. They will remain therein forever. Right. As they, what is the common factor between the Ahlul Kitab and the Mushrikeen? Common denominator is both of them rejected the Risalah and Prophethood of Rasulullah. And after Rasulullah bi'tha and he was sent, then believing in him to be the Prophet of Allah is a sharth and a condition for najat. And when Umar was reading the, the Talmud, which is a commentary in Sharah of the Torah by the rabbis in the presence of Rasulullah, and he said, Yeah, and he was saying, This is so nice, so many beautiful things here. But he was looking down and reading it. He wasn't a hafiz of the Torah, he was a hafiz of the Quran. And uh, he could not see the reaction on the face of Rasulullah. And his face was becoming angry, color was changing. So Abu Bakr saw that and he told Umar, Stop, stop. Look, who you have caused the Nabi to be upset. So he looked up and then he threw it down. And what did he say? I'm pleased to declare Allah is my Rabb and Muhammad is my Nabi, and Islam is my Deen. He said it three times. So at that time Nabi SAW said at that moment, kana Musa hayyan, lama illa If the Nabi Musa Kanimullah, upon whom the original Torah was revealed, would be alive, then there would be no salvation for him without believing in me. In fact, Allah Ta'ala took a pledge from the Anbiya, Remember when Allah took the pledge the, from the Ambiya. لما اتيتكم من كتاب وَحِكْمَةً ثم جاءكم رسول مصدق لما معكم لاتؤمنن به ولا تنصرنه قال اقررتم واخذتم على ذلك ميثاقا قالوا اقرنا الله تعالى took a pledge from all the anbiya in the alam al arwah that based on i ask you by virtue of the kitab wa hikma i have granted to the book and wisdom i ask you that if a nabi my final nabi uh, the one who will testify to the tr- tr- truth of, your, of the scripture that has been revealed unto you if he comes in your time will you believe in him will you help him in his mission so they all testified and said, yes, we will. yes we will and the maqam of the Prophet was physically demonstrated in the Laylatul Isra when Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala brought all the Anbiya salam, to stand in the Saf behind him and he led them in the prayer The reason I'm clarifying that is because we're talking about how similar we are, but you know, there's a limit to that as well. We are similar, yet there, there are a lot of differences, important uh, differences. We believe in that which has been revealed unto us and to you. There's a sabab al-nuzulah for this incident that happened. What happened is in the in in the beginning. Abu Hurayyad narrates that The Jewish rabbis were reading the Torah in the Hebrew language Then they were making the tafsir of that in the Arabic language For the Muslims They were teaching and preaching to the Muslims in Medina So just like we are reading the Quran in Arabic and speaking in English So they are reading the uh, the Torah in Hebrew and translating it into Arabic the commentary in Arabic of the Hebrew scripture. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ, الله وسلم, Nabi wasallam said, He didn't say don't reject everything they're saying, because some of it is truth. He could not say believe everything they're saying, because many things they have been added. So the original Torah and Zabur and Injil, we believe in it. The additions, we disbelieve in it. Like the sentence we talked about. God, you know, Book Old Testament, Genesis, chapter 1, page 1. <laughs> Right, God created the heavens and earth in six days And then he rested on the Sabbath So God created the heavens and earth in six days خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ فِي It's in the Quran too uh, So and then rested That's wrong So there, you see right in one sentence Half of the first part of the sentence is correct Second part of the sentence was added الَّذِينَ يَكْتُبُونَ الْكِتَابَ الْبَقَرَةِ destruction on those who write the book from their own hands then they attribute it and say this is from Allah destruction for them for what they are earning through selling Allah in the deen by changing the deen and by writing it from their own hands so Nabi ﷺ didn't say reject it all he didn't say believe it all what did he say? So, Nabi said, Do not believe everything they're saying. Do not reject everything they're saying. Rather, he quoted this this disayah. This is narrated in Sahih al Bukhari. Say that we believe in that which was originally revealed unto you and that which is revealed unto us, and our God is the same. And we submit to him. Because if you ask them, like, which God do you worship? The God of Abraham. So who is the God of Ibrahim salam? Now Ibrahim, Khalilullah And Abraham Is the exact same person Like the exact same historical figure In fact Jesus is the same person The problem is The aqeedah regarding that one individual Is different Right Is, was, what, is he Nabi of Allah uh, Or na'udh billah subhanahu wa yakuna lahu Allah is pure from having his offspring so it's the same Allah though Then uh, moving forward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says um, To Nabi sallallahu alayhi Wasallam, Look وَمَا كُنْتَ تَتْلُوا مِن قَبْلِهِ مِن كِتَابٍ This is what some of the evangelicals And Christians and enemies of Islam They say that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa He read up on the previous scriptures And he got information from here and there And he created his own religion so Allah Ta'ala says here in the Quran, من من Before this Quran was revealed, you never knew how to read any book. You do not know how to read. You do not know how to write with your hand. So those who want to invalidate the Quran would have an opportunity to doubt its veracity. Rather, there are clear signs that this is a revealed word of Allah in the hearts of those who have knowledge. There is no way they can deny it. No one can deny this the words of Allah except for the thalim Those are bent on injustice, oppression. So Nabi ﷺ did not read any scripture. He was in, uh, intentionally kept Ummi as an unlettered. With respect to all of us, learning to read and write has been emphasized as a great virtue. He is the one who taught with the pen. So when writing instruments were so scarce back in the, those days, Allah Ta'ala still speaks about the pen in the Quran. To write and to read. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave the virtues of coming to the cities uh, where you can learn to read and write versus living in the desert as the Bedouins. But with respect to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this is one reason why he was kept unlettered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and another reason was that no, attrib- no one could attribute his later success to a teacher that oh he became so successful and so intelligent because he had a human teacher no human teacher. He had a teacher, his teacher was Allah He said, عَلَّمَنِي <laughs> My Rabb has educated me and he gave me the best education so this is a moment to reflect as well. So the Quran which is a miracle that has been un- the challenge has remained. Un- um, no one has been able to fulfill the challenge of the Quran to bring anything like it. It has uh, accurate descriptions of far-off events in the past, distant past. It has prophecies of the future. It has commandments for the present. Fihi ba'dakum wa There, uh, it has accurate his- historical records of the past, c- commands for the present and prophecies of the future and how did Nabi sallallahu Alaihi who could not read and write at the age of 40 he starts speaking such kalam this is one of the easiest and simplest proofs of the haqqaniyat uh, and the veracity and the authentic nature of the Quran and the deen of Islam itself then moving forward in this surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, this worldly life is but amusement and play. Do not get beguiled by this. I am the creator of this dunya and I'm telling you it is a means of deception. If this world in the eyes of Allah had the value of one wing of a mosquito, then He would not have given it a disbeliever even a sip of water. But this world has no value in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah ta'ala says wa inna the eternal abode of the hereafter is the true life is the true life لو كانوا يعلمون if they but understood so everything in this world is funny what is in the is baqi now if you say well you keep on talking about the same thing it's because Allah does it right? Allah ta'ala keeps on talking about the akhirah, 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 akhirah. And we need to keep on talking about it until the reality comes in our heart. If you say, I know it, yeah, but your actions don't show that you believe in it. It's not a matter of do we have the knowledge of it, it's, it's a matter of how much or we have the yaqeen which should be backed up by amal. Al-imanu ma waqara fil Rasulullah said, Iman is that which penetrates the depth of the heart. And then the actions from the body parts will testify and prove that iman in the heart. So we know there is a akhirah, but are we preparing for it? Or are we leading our lives here as if we are going to be here forever? Tawheed, Risala, Akhirah. These three principles are continually hammered into our hearts, and we continually need to make madakhirah and remind ourselves forever until we uh, are ready to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until death itself comes upon us. So these are the, this is an ayah. And then we conclude with a very beautiful story here. Um This is a story here in Ayah 65 a Very inspiring story فَإِذَا رَكِبُوا فِي الْفُلْكِ دَعُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ عَدِينَ This is the وَمَا هَذِي الْحَيَاتُنِيَا إِلَّا لَهُمُ الْعِبْدَ That was Ayah 64 That the true life is in دَارَ الْآخِرَةَ al Hayawan. The true life worth living is the life of the hereafter when uh, Rasulullah peace be upon him, along with the Ansar and the Muhajireen was digging the trench, in another riwayah when he was building the Masjid an Nabwi then they had, a tr- um, they had made a chain where they were passing the bricks and people when they are working uh, and doing physical labor many times they sing songs, they break into song and that gives them the energy to continue working like for example um, before, we had uh, different tools and different machines. People would be, maybe, for example, passing things and luggage into the, to the ship. They're they loading up the ship. So they're pushing the bags one to the other. They're carrying it as they make a chain. So while the sailors would be loading up the ship, they would be singing different songs. So Rasulullah and the Ansar and Mahajirun, they were singing one poem. It's a du'a actually And it refers to this ayah Allahumma la aisha illa aisha lakhirah, Farhamil ansara wal muhajira That Allahumma oh Allah La aisha There is no true life worthy of living Illa aisha lakhirah, But the life of the akhirah. Faghfiril ansara Or farhamil ansara wal muhajira So shower your mercy and forgive the ansara and the muhajira So that was the ayah The next ayah 65 says Fa rakibu fil When they have boarded the ship Allah then they call out to Allah with sincerity oh Allah save our ship save our our ship SOS because the waves are crashing against the boat and they understand how frail they are falamma najahum bar they see the lightning and the thunder and the hurricane they realize how small they are they may end up being they may end up getting drowned very easily we are so weak falamma najahum al bar then when Allah brings them to the uh, solid ground and They go back to their shirk. So, in the tafsir of this, there's a story mentioned of Ikrama radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So, Ikrama is the son of Abu Jahl. Ikrama bin Abi Jahl. His father was Amr ibn Hisham, otherwise known as Abu Jahl. The Fir'aunu this ummah. The Fir'aun of this ummah. Rasululullah said that, لكل ummah in Fir'aun, and every ummah there is one Fir'aun. And the Fir'aun of this ummah is. Abu Jahl He was a very die-hard enemy of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so much torture, so much pain And eventually he was killed in the battle of Badr He was the leader of the Mushrikun in the battle of Badr So his son Ikrama, he also grew up With the hatred of Deen of Islam And the hatred of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Being fed to him day and night And that was what his heart was filled with initially for a long time, in fact. So, the 13 years in Makkah against Rasulullah. Sallam. And in, in Madinatul Manawara as well, he fought against Rasulullah Sallam in Badr, in Uhad, in Khandak. Every battle he participated on the wrong side. All, right. All the way till Hudaybiyah, he fought, was against Rasulullah Sallam in sixth year, seventh year, eighth year was the Fatha Makkah. In the eighth year, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he came into al Mukarrama, he said, "La 'alaykum I do not lay any blame on anyone. Ya Allah, Allah forgive you. I will, uh, my policy with you is The way Yusuf bin Ya'qub said to his brothers that he forgives them, I also forgive all of you, with a few exceptions, and one of them was Ikrama. Wherever he is caught. Even if he is clinging to the kiswa and cloth of the Kaaba, there was an order of shoot on sight or kill on sight for ikrama This is such a diehard enemy. Even in the, when the Fatih Makkah occurred, and the, from every valley going into Makkah al the Sahaba were proceeding. Ten thousand Sahaba were entering into Makkah from every side. It was irresistible no, no, they, There was no resistance possible For such an onslaught Of such a huge army So that's why it was By and large bloodless There was the conquest of Makkah There was not much opposition Because they just gave up There's too many Sahaba coming in So Nabi Sallallahu wa Was leading one side on, With his head bowing down On the neck of his camel Qaswa And saying That Alhamdulillah wahdah An jaza wa, wa nasara abdah Wahazam al ahzaba all praise to Allah who has granted victory he's the one who vanquished my enemies but on the other side different Sahaba were coming in, Talab bin Umbidullah, Zubair bin Awam, the different commanders so nobody offered resistance but there was one small group who fought even on that day and who was that? Ikrama bin Abijah and because he had so much hatred he, he didn't want to put his arms down but when Makkah was finally conquered Nabi said okay whoever goes in house Abu Sufyan, whoever goes into the Kaaba they will be safe he finally ran away from there, he was so mad then he said that I'm going to leave Makkah and I'm going to leave the Arabian Peninsula and literally he said I'm going to leave the continent of Asia I'm going to leave this whole continent and he was going to migrate and, leave and go to Africa. So he traveled to the coast and after he traveled to the coast he was so angry so many years he's been fighting against Islam and now Makkah, his hometown the capital of Arabia has also been conquered and he boarded a ship and they were going in the sea which sea? al bahar Al-Ahmar the Red Sea towards Africa many years ago the Sahaba had made hijrah to Habasha but now he is going <laughs> the tables have turned the ones who laugh last laugh, laugh best, right? Now what happened is, when he was going in the boat, this is what exactly happened. The, the, all of a sudden, a hurricane came, just like with Yunus Alayhis Salaam's story. And the sky became dark and the boat was about to capsize with the waves crashing against it. This is narrated by Hafiz ibn Kathir, the whole story is here. They were about to drown. So the captain of the boat... He said, Ya Qum, أخلصو لرَبِّكُمُ الدُّعَة. He said, With sincerity, you need to call out unto Allah. Because He's the only one who can save us. You know, when all of the asbab turn against a the person, then they say, You know, now the matter lies in the hands of Allah. Is that a correct statement? It's the ultimate, most incorrect statement. Because you say, Now the matter lies in the hands of Allah, it was always in the hands of Allah. لِلَّهِ الْأَمْرُ مِن qablu. Before and after, it's always in the hands of Allah. So, for example, we try all the medicines, we try all the procedures, we try everything. Then the, the, the Muslim physician, not the atheist, agnostic, the Muslim, deen da religious one, he'll say, Now the matter is in the hands of Allah. You just need to make dua. Now, oh, it was in my hands. Now I gave up, now it's in Allah's hands. So, so then he's, uh, so he said long, um, So the captain said It is in the hands of Allah I'm not sure if he said now or he didn't say now That now is very significant if he said that But they were true believers Because the people on the coast The people in Yemen had already accepted Islam And Yemen Mu'ad bin Jabal was sent to Yemen The people of Yemen had accepted Islam without any uh, Conflict on their own. Al Imanu Yamaniya al Hikmatu of and And Alaihi praised the people of Yaman, their Iman, their wisdom. So he was, he was thinking, I ran away, you know, my wife, his wife uh, had also uh, left him, she had accepted Islam, and he's, uh, he, was, um, he was very depressed and sad, obviously. And now uh, what happens is, the captain is telling him, you need to call unto Allah. So he said that Man, I cannot escape from Allah He's coming everywhere I go The same da'wah of Allah is coming I'm trying to run away from it It's still coming back to me It's haunting me So then he said Okay, let me make a sincere dua To Allah That, O oh Allah, if you are true Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa If you are ever confused about a matter This is a very beautiful Muslim dua This is the last story for tonight Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa O oh Allah, show me the truth as the actual truth And then grant me the ability to follow it al الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلَ Show me what's the falsehood as the true falsehood And guide me to abstain from it It's not only مَعْرِفَةُ wal batil To know what's the truth and falsehood That's very important Because the truth and falsehood Is becoming confused So to be able to determine What's true and falsehood And then to be able to have the tawfiq To do, adopt that which is true And abstain from that which is falsehood Both of them It's a complete dua He made a dua in a similar words In his heart What was happening on the other side his wife, Umm Hakim, radiallahu ta'ala, anha, she had accepted Islam. She loved Allah, she loved Rasulullah, she loved the deen of Islam, and she also loved whom? Her husband. right? V- this is a very, very loyal wife, devoted wife. Look what she did to save her husband from the fire of Jahannam. She went to Rasulullah and she said, Ya Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah, please, please, can you grant aman and security to my, my husband, Ikrama? Even though after accepting Islam, her nikah would be break, broken if he rejected Islam. But she had been married for so long, and she loved him so dearly, she wanted to save him from the fire of Jahannam. So first, she, had, she was very challenging, because this is the ultimate diehard enemy. Ummah Hakim, ta'ala, is Abu Jahal ki so, Imagine, Daughter-in-law of Abu Jahal. So then she said, she went to Rasulullah sallallahu and she said, please grant him aman. Grant him safety. If you promise him, I will bring him here, I will convince him, and inshallah, I hope, I pray he will accept Islam. So, Nabi, sallallahu sallam, seeing her sincerity, he said, Okay. The order to shoot on site has been uplifted. It would be called damuhu Hadar. His blood is free, meaning if someone slays him, they will not be taken to task. There's no qisas. But he said, Okay, I have revoked that. So then she said, I will go. Now she's starting to go and find her husband. She found that he fled and left Makkah. Then she's following his footsteps Tracing him down She had to travel in the desert And it was very difficult to travel alone as a woman So she took her um, Trusted slave with her, with her To help her in, in the travel And they kept on going And when they're going out in the desert on the way She's trying to find her husband This is the mujahada of this lady To save her husband What happens? The slave, he tries to fulfill his lust with her the trusted slave Ends up trying to assault her So then she said Okay fine we, we can do that But I'll fulfill your needs and desires But just give me some time When we get to the town Right in the middle of the desert here So she kept on delaying tactics When they got to the town She told the people in the town One of the small oasis on the, on the way In the middle of the desert This is my slave And this is what he is attempting to do with me Can you save me from him So they came and they tied him up and Then after that, she could have given up. She said, no, I cannot. I mean, literally, she was almost raped. She still did not give up. She continued on. Traveling now, alone. And where did my husband go? Where did my husband go? She keeps on following the news. Then she went all the way to the coast. Then the people said, oh, he boarded a ship and he's gone. He's gone to Africa. So she started making a plan. I have to now hire a captain of a boat And I have to also cross the Red Sea I must go all the way to Africa I have to go to the edge of the world End of the world To save my husband She was there And the same time The hurricane came Or the storm came Tropical storm And what happened? The boat of Ikrama was Radhiallahu anhu was About to capsize And they started making du'a When they started making du'a The storm subsided Allah Ta'ala grant them, safety. And then they said, okay, uh, it's still difficult, let us go back. And then when it's better weather forecast, right? then we will attempt this journey because we barely survived this. So then they started coming back. When they were coming back, she saw the ship coming back. So she was on the shore and she had her particular shawl that her husband had given her and she would, he would recognize it. She started waving that, come here, come here, come here, I'm here. So when he was coming back, he was shocked because he left his wife where? In Makkah. And he sees the waving uh, um, shawl. He said, what, she's here? Then he came off and then she said that, I have come from min from the best of the people, man. And he is uh, min abar inna, so kindest, the kindest, the most truthful, the most full She gave a, lot, a huge bayan, a huge da'wah to her husband. Come with me, I have, he has granted you security. Come, listen to him about Islam. Accept Islam. And he said, okay, it is coming into my heart now. I will go and visit Rasulullah. So they were traveling back. On the way, they stopped at the oasis. And he saw the slave there that was tied up. So this, not that this is Islamic practice. He was still mushrik, right? What did he do? He dispatched him to the fire of Jahannam. So that slave died right there. was... In other words, he was killed. He killed him. Then he kept on going. Uh, then he also a- expressed his desire to fulfill his need as a husband. On the way coming he was a slave. On the way back he was a husband. And then the, uh, she said that no, she had to say no again. Because she said that you are a mushrik and I am a muslimah. After you accept Islam, then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will reinstate our nikah. So we are not so then he said, SubhanAllah, you are so loyal and devoted. You have never refused me since our marriage. This is the first time you're refusing my need. Wow, this Islam is something truly great indeed that has made you behave in such a manner. He said, Okay. Then he kept on going. When they came to Wasallam's house, the people were about to attack him. Then he, she said, No, Rasulullah has given protection, protection. They came into the place where Rasulullah was there and he came to meet Rasulullah. He asked Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam what is Islam, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam explained to him. He said, What do you want? Ask Allah Ta'ala. It'll be granted to you now. The whole conversation is mentioned in the hadith. A lot of things went between them, spoken. And at the end, he said, Ya Rasulullah, make dua that uh, myself and my father, both our whole lives, have been fighting against Islam. My father has gone. But for myself, uh, Allah, I, I, I beg you to. Make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives me the tawfiq to do such righteous deeds and such good deeds that can be an atonement and kafara for all that I did in my jahiliyyah. And the ﷺ consoled him and said, Islam يَحْدِيُ مَا qablahu. Islam will wipe out all the sins prior to it. Stretch forth your hand and take, he took the shahada, And then he took a pledge. He said, Wallahi, I will defend Islam as much as I had attacked it in my previous life. And he fulfilled that. He fought on the side of Islam in the battles of Ridda against the apostates during the Khilafat of Abu Bakr, the false prophets, Musaylam al-Khaddab, and the Battle of Yamama, and then in the Khilafat of Umar anhu, he fought on the side of the Muslims in the Battle of Yarmouk and other battles. Finally, in the Battle of Yarmouk, when uh, there were two major campaigns, right in the east and the west. Two major superpowers, Qayser and Kisra. Persian Empire, Roman Empire. In the Persian campaign, the biggest battle was Qadsiya, turning point. And in the Roman side, Eastern Roman side, the biggest campaign was the Yarmouk. So, the Qayser had sent 200,000 soldiers and the Muslims were a couple thousand only. And the Muslims were retreating. So, the Muslims were going to lose the field. And at that time, it was an opportunity that Something drastic had to be done to save the day. So ikrama bin Abi Jahl, he took the flag and he made a proclamation, that who puts his hand in my hand, that we will not go back, we will continue forward till we all die. So 200 Qurayshis from the, not from the random tribes, from the Quraysh, They grabbed their hands together and they said we are not going to go back, we have to save the day. This is a pivotal moment. So the Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu, he came to Ikrama and said, You are such an able general. I cannot afford to lose you, so you have to stop this. But they were cousins Khalid bin Walid bin Mughirah and Ikrama bin Amr bin Hisham. Their, fa- their grandfathers were brothers, Mughira and Hisham. So he said to Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu, he pushed him, he said, anee, ya Leave me alone, O Khalid. Get, leave me alone. Get away from me. Even though he was a commander, this is kind of an insubordination at this point. But he said, <laughs> Go away from me. He said, You know what? My father and me, our entire life, my father and I, we fought against Islam. This is the opportunity I've been waiting for to make an atonement for my sins. The good deeds will wipe out the sins. And you accepted Islam before Fatih Makkah. Ikrama bin Abi Jahal. on this occasion, in the heat of the battle of Yarmouk, he quoted the ayah from. Surah al hadid He said, you accepted Islam before Fatih Makkah And what does Allah Ta'ala say in the Quran? Those who accepted Islam and strove in the path of Allah Before Fatih Makkah and those who came after Can never be equal So Allah made it clear You are a higher level than me Khadr bin Wadid for the record Just barely made it Before the Fatih Makkah Him and Amr bin As They both came and accepted Islam just before Fatimaqah. But you're on that side, I'm on this side. So let me go. So then he went. And Alhamdulillah, he came on going until he received Shahada. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turned the tide. Because the, the, the Romans, when they saw this group that is coming, they're just not going back. Saad bin Abi Yuqaz had written the letter to Rustam as well. He said, I have with me such people who love to die in the path of Allah the way your Persians love wine. So Subhanallah. So then so this is the beautiful Shahada of Ikramah radiallahu an. And this is how Allah Ta'ala changed his life. And this is the love that his wife had, and this is the concern for the deen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen our marriages. In such a marriage in which both of us partners are looking out for each other's deen. Like the husband who sprinkles water in his wife's face to wake her up. And the wife sprinkles the water. First wake up softly and then sprinkle water. Not, you know, the whole bucket of water. All right. And to wake each other up for suhoor. Just for the food or for the hajjud as well? <laughs> for the hajjud as well, inshaAllah. May Allah Ta'ala grant us such marriages. May Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala accept all of us. And may Allah Ta'ala allow us to uh, meet these sahaba uh, in jannatul الفردوس al وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله